So, Danny, as I know you are well aware, because we've had many a conversation about this, Farming Simulator 22 is out. It's out, and it's it's full of full of its bugs. But uh, I'm I'm bearing through with them, and I've now started a YouTube channel. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, yeah. they should make and- a YouTube simulator game. Where you simulate being on YouTube? Being a YouTuber, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think there'd be a big money in it. I would like play it. Should. Yeah, I would play it. So it would be like Inception for YouTube, because YouTubers would play a game about being a YouTuber and put it on YouTube. Yeah. Ta-da. So, do you know why we're here today in the green room? Well, you knocked me out and drugged me here and said we were going to talk about The Last Jedi, but, but I, I you think that was a lie. That was a red herring. Well, no, no, I did send you here for that. But then you said to me, if you do that, Danny, I'm going to send you over to D.C. And so I got sent over to D.C. and I dragged you with me because we're going to talk about The Batman. <laughs> The movies. <laughs> the the Batman. I didn't have the popcorn. I had the mac and cheese bites at the Batman. <laughs> I had I had um they're the airheads, the sour belts. The, oh nice. like the bite size sour belts. Had those. Um and because Felicia and I had just eaten we ate a late lunch so we had just eaten lunch and then it was kind of like well, hours, I don't wanna... you, gotta, you gotta have some food to eat for the movie true uh so which those didn't last like 30 30 minutes i i tried to save my mac and cheese bites but they got cold and i was like once they got cold as all right i'm gonna just chow on down these because otherwise they're just going <laughs> down Wait, i what are you drinking right now it's the leftover ice from my mango fiesta tea from Taco Bell. Bro, I had Taco Bell too. Whoa, ah, Taco Bros. Man, Taco Bros. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, like my, I, I pretty much devoured those uh, sour bite things, and I can put down like sour chewy candy. I can put down pretty fast. I pretty much my uh, my sophomore year of college. I was uh, like I was doing theater. It was my first first year of theater, and I was pretty much just living off of those and like those one dollar um, Arizona sweet teas. Like I would get oh, the yeah. like the different flavoring ones. I remember those. Like yeah. I I was I was getting like twelve to a gallon on with my car, and I was just like I had twenty bucks that was just making it last, and that's how I made it last was sour sour patch kids and Arizona sweet tea. So that would be Meal a good title champions. for the movie we just watched. Oh, that would wait. be all right. So before we talk about the Batman, we do have to give our spoiler warning because I feel like. I want to talk about this entire movie. You know, what yeah. I, mean? I don't want to. Yeah. Don't want to avoid it. It's was the second biggest opening weekend of the entire pandemic era. 
So this is a movie a lot of people have seen. This is also a superhero podcast. And even though we are a Marvel podcast, I assume even most Marvel fans check out the new Batman movie. <laughs> I would say with Batman the hype. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, and with the hype around this one, too. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that because it's been a little mixed. Uh, yeah. Mixed on hype. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a good way to, place to start. What do we think about before we saw this movie about the Batman? Do you um, want me to go first or you go first? I'll, I'll I'll hop in. Okay, go. Um, because yeah. it's it's fresh in my mind. Um, yeah. so I remember when it was announced, and when it was first announced, it was supposed to be Ben Affleck directing a Ben Affleck Batman movie, and I was like, yeah, no, I don't want to see that. Um, I didn't I didn't like Ben Affleck as Batman, anyways, and uh, and so I was just kind of like, meh, brushed it off, and then. Was it he he stepped down from both, ben both directing and acting, or he did he uh, step down from one? Initially, he was like, "Oh, I can act in it," but then eventually, I think he stepped out entirely. Yeah, uh, yeah. I do think uh, to come back. I want to just I wouldn't mind Ben Affleck's Batman movie, but I feel like it is such a radically different project than what this ended up being that I can't even like consider them the same project. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. that would obviously exist within the Zack Snyder. Uh, or even now the DC Extended Universe, which uh, this very clearly does not. But go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So eventually, it it was uh, Matt Reeves directing, and uh, Robert Pattinson was announced as the Batman. And at, I was kind of like, okay, uh, Robert Pattinson, yeah, sure. Um, and then I saw him in, uh, oh, it's uh, it's the Devil All the Time. Uh, it's oh, that Tom, that that Tom Holland that. film, and yeah, he, like, I hated Robert Pattinson's character in that movie. You're supposed to. You're supposed to. And it's his, it's phenomenal acting by him. Um, and then I saw a Tenet, and I was like, you know what? Like, he gets a lot of flack for the Twilight films. He's a, he's a really solid actor. I um, think... I think Pattinson is such an interesting career to look at because if you look at at least for us, and I say us as in the demographic we're in, um, as men, I just mean men, pretty much. Yeah. Like, like people who were teenagers at the time Twilight movies came out, we just kind of hated him for being involved with that. Yeah. But like yeah. it, it's not really relevant because the thing is like Kristen Stewart was also in those movies and she's nominated for an Oscar this year. Like those were good actors in bad movies, but also mm-hmm. the thing is is like. I don't really see people holding it against people who are in, like, I'm trying to think of a comparison point. Like, a popular, like, the Transformers movies, right? Now, Shia LaBeouf is not, like, he has his whole thing going on. But before, like, he had all these allegations again, people didn't really hold the Transformers movies against him. I'm just saying that I feel like the way society held the Twilight movies against Pattinson and Stewart feels like kind of like and i'm just i'm saying Uh, i've done it like um, i think it's very much what i did like i think it is part of the sexism this is built in society now looking back on it you know what i mean yeah that's all i mean like these movies made for women and we were like how dare they like (laughs) i i want to like you you make a really good comparison there um that i'm not sure you're seeing you're seeing but like you say the transformers movies with shia labeouf turturro John Turturro is in, yeah, uh, in, in those, those and he's in this movie. And 
you know, like, I think Torturo is pretty much the, he's like one of the best things of those Transformers. Uh, yeah, films. he's a great actor. He's yeah. always been a great actor. Oh, yeah. And um, man's got levels. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, so I think, like, I think he, he was, Pattinson was unfairly held to that Twilight stigma. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, so yeah, I, like, my, I grew more interested in it than I knew, that I saw his other work, and then I knew he was in it, and then I was hearing more and more things about the film, and uh, when I saw that first teaser, I was like, you know, this just has a total different vibe than I think any other Batman that I can, like, recall. Um, now, however, Batman Begins came out when I was like in fourth or fifth grade, um, so I was pretty pretty young then, um, and con- considering. And then uh, Dark Knight was, I think I was in eighth grade, maybe um, seventh or eighth grade, and uh, and so like, yeah, it it was just the like the the there was a lot more just hype um for it and uh i so so yeah like now i would definitely go back and see you know see it see it again but um i think the closer that i got to it all of the marketing did what it was supposed to do and it showed me that i wanted to to go to it um i will say I'm I'm a part of a few different uh, farming simulator discords, discord servers, and I was talking with on one of the um, servers. I was talking with a couple of people on there, and they were talking about only seeing it because their family was go- was going to go see it, and they were apprehensive about seeing it because of Pattinson. And so I think that just highlights how widespread that. St- that twilight stigma is what you know for him what i think is interesting is that you are correct I, I i'm not even arguing that you like obviously you're right that's the mainstream but with me i've been in the group of people who go sees and loves indie movies this entire time and so i've known robert pattinson is like a great actor since like 2015 so when yeah. i heard that he was going to be first in tenant and then in this i was like oh cool he's gonna like hit the mainstream again and initially though i was kind of like i'm not sure about him as batman uh, and I'll get into my thoughts on him when we talk more about the movie itself. I want to get to what I thought about the movie as it was announced. Is that I thought Matt Reeves doing Batman both sounded really interesting because I like his Planet of the Apes movies. However, I also did I he do still, did he do the the newer ones? Yeah, he did Dawn and War for the Planet of the Apes. That's what he did. Which before. is the Andy Serkis. The, That's why Andy Serkis is in this. The second and third. Yeah. Of the entries. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um. I actually think, uh, well, I'll get into that too when we actually talk about it. Um, I thought he was both an interesting choice and a boring one, <laughs> if that makes sense. Because here's the thing, and I still do kind of feel this with the ultimate product, is I think Matt Reeves is a solid blockbuster filmmaker who can give you something dark. However, I don't think he has any directorial styles of his own, like, uh, for better, Christopher Nolan, or for worse, Zack Snyder do. Mm. Uh, to me, this kind of feels like, and the marketing to me felt like, this is Christopher Nolan's Batman type of thing, but with a little of that drained, like the idiosyncrasies drained out, and we're going to make it 
darker, like literally darker to look at. Uh, that said, I do think that the promise of something that was more of like a Gotham, like rather than just being Chicago or wherever they yeah. shot. Yeah. Um, and just also the way it looked really appealed to me. I would give it about a four out of five. Uh, personally, it's really, it's got a great aesthetic. The cast is great, but I would say if I was to rank the performances, you'd probably be surprised on where they land for me. Mm. Um, and I just, uh, I don't know, like, it's really good. I also think, a friend of mine said this, and I agree with them, I think if you were to watch this a auditorium that is not the best auditorium in the theater, like a Dolby or an IMAX, you're going to probably have issues with it, just because of how dark it is. Yeah. And by that, I just mean aesthetically, not like the tone of the movie. Yeah. But yeah, that's probably my general thoughts on it. Gotcha. Um, I... I would put it as I don't know. I I I want to say best comic book film that I've seen thus far. Um but I I I don't I don't know because I'm like going through I don't know. I liked it better than Eternals and I really liked Eternals. Um, I liked better than Eternals too, but I didn't. But you like Eternals more than me. But go on, sorry, uh, <laughs> I had to just say that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I feel like that's it's so cliche anymore now to say, oh, this is the best comic book movie of all time. You know what I mean? Um, I I would say it is um, probably the best movie I've seen in a while. Of these superhero movies that feels t- like tangibly like a comic book to me, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like tone wise, this feels like a totally different world in a good sense. Mm-hmm. I really felt like I was watching a movie set in Gotham City. Yes, I don't know if that's exactly what you mean, but that's where I'm well, like, I don't know if I'd say it's the best superhero movie to me. Definitely not ever. I think I like Batman Begins a little more than this, and I think The Dark Knight is better than this. Mm. Batman wise, uh, I. Yeah, I think I should probably just compare it to instead of like the entire superhero genre. Um, I think, yeah, this one absolutely is my favorite Batman film. That said, though, I've not seen Adam West Batman, and I know that there, <laughs> I know that there is a. You seen Batman Returns? I haven't. No, I would also say I like Batman Returns a bit more than this, but uh, that's just me. <laughs> but I, I know that there's like. People who grew up with Adam West as, you know, their Batman when they were a teenager, like that, you know, they they have an affection for that Batman for that Batman. Um, that that said, like my teenage my Batman when I was a teenager was Christian Bale, and even then I was like, I like the approach that Nolan's taking with this, but. Christian Bale, I don't know. Like, I think that Pattinson pulls off a. I don't want to say that. <laughs> Pattinson is a better is a better <laughs> Bruce Wayne than uh, Christian Bale. However, Bale Bale's Wayne is a different Wayne than what this Wayne is. I actually Our, strongly disagree. Like to me, one of the my issues with this movie, which isn't, I guess it's more, 
I don't know if it's an issue, really. It's just I found Batman to be ridiculously more compelling than Bruce Wayne. I'm completely sold on Pattinson as Batman entirely. Yeah. When he's Batman, I'm like, my eyes cannot look away. Uh, which is actually very different for a Batman movie because usually all you're focused on the villains. I thought very clearly in every scene, even though some of the villains are good, I think Batman very clearly was the most, like, the best part of this movie. Yeah. Uh, but his Bruce Wayne to me doesn't feel fully there, and I think that might be somewhat intentional. Uh, yeah. But I, think I also so too. think for a three hour long movie, if I had to pick a worse performance just because it's bad, uh, if, if, you know, it's not that it's bad. But I'd say it's Andy Serkis as Alfred just because he isn't given much to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, t- I told Felicia, I said, Pattinson is my Batman, but um, I can't think. Michael Caine is my Alfred. He, um, yeah. Yeah. He's just, he's just Alfred. Like, I like. Fletcher's my Joker. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that at some point. Yeah. Fletcher's definitely my Joker. Definitely. <laughs> um,. <laughs> uh definitely uh andy circus is it's not like like it's not like andy circus didn't do a good job at what he was given he just wasn't given very much at all like yeah i feel like a movie i don't like is batman v superman but i think jeremy irons has more to do as alfred there than uh andy circus has to do in this and this is longer than batman v superman and it's only a batman movie yeah so like uh, that to me is probably why to me I'm not sold on Pattinson's Wayne at all. I also think, and I'm going to give credit to this. Um, I read uh, Film Crit Hulk, who's a writer. Uh, I know it doesn't sound like he is, but he is. Uh, he wrote a piece on the Batman and his thoughts on it. And one thing he pointed out to that I was like, oh yeah, that is kind of why the ending feels weird, is that we don't get. So the mayor candidate, you know, talks to him at the funeral and is like you know, you promised that your family promised this renewal project and it never happened. And that keeps coming up throughout the movie for obvious reasons. Yeah. But then at the end of the movie, we don't get a scene where Bruce Wayne announces that he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is probably what is one of the key things that's missing from this movie, despite it being three hours long, is that we don't get really any closure on the Wayne arc. Yeah. Once the third act hits, we never go back to Bruce Wayne. It's Batman all the way through. Which that's true. It, the thing the thing is to me is like all these are issues that I would hypothetically be fine with if the movie wasn't three hours long. Yeah, and a three hour long movie has no excuse to be missing this stuff. Yeah, because like I can see that there's already talks of a sequel anyway. Anyways, and you can do that. You can do the renewal project as as something in the second um, movie. But like you said, with as much runtime as what it had, it should have been announced at the very end of the. There's a mo- of yeah, the there's a thing. montage yeah. where we see like we see Penguin, we see Riddler, we see the last scene is of course Catwoman and Batman. But we can easily throw in a scene with Bruce and Alfred there making the announcement with the mayor candidate. Yeah, uh, and it would get us. We don't see. I don't think we see Alfred after the hospital. After again, he's in the hospital, bizarre. If this yeah. Is, again, I don't mind it if this was. A shorter film but at three hours it makes no sense to be missing this stuff yeah um and it sounds i'm sounding really negative on the movie because i actually think this is really good i actually think the final 10 minutes minus one scene is phenomenal um i there's a lot of complaining going on online about the third act but i think it's very essential to this movie being what it is um and the point this movie is trying to make um 
I also think to go back to actually what started this conversation was which is you said that you thought this was the best comic book movie in quite some time is I think this is uh again I bring this up a lot in this podcast which is funny because for a Marvel podcast this is the failing of a cinematic universe the inherent failure is that you can't get a standalone thing that is this good um because the reason this is good is because it very clearly has a thematic point to it is like yeah. interrogating what is Batman mm-hmm. like and it's Batman figuring out what is Batman. Because uh, people like to say that Batman is the edgelord thing that's like, I'm vengeance. But the point of this movie is, no, he's a he's still a superhero. Yeah. And even though he's a dark superhero stuck in a dark world, he's going to do his best to bring light to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why those last 10 minutes to me, really, like, him saving those people. Yes. Well, and... It. I was just like, the, this is the movie. <laughs> the, the iconography iconography in that moment of... All this, this whole, this whole film, they spend this time of, I am the rat, I'm the rat with wings, and we're talking about rats throughout the entire film, and then we get this, uh, this view from directly above them of him holding a light up above his head and leading the people through the water. And it look, they look like rats. They look like rats, you know, all scurrying to the light that he said he like, it's, it's so like the, the storyline, the plot is so well thought through. Cause even like Riddler's, uh, Riddler's well, riddles, um, he says you'll bring him to the light. He brings the people to the light and he is the rat with wings, you know, and it's just what I love in that last bit also is when the Riddlers, um, not the Riddler, but like one of the goons that like he had it on his Patreon. uh, (laughs) uh, They're like, who are you? And he just spits back that he, I am vengeance. And that's when Batman realizes that the Riddler is right. All he's doing is inspiring people to do worse yeah, and it's it's a parallel to the very opening of the movie where we see Batman save a man, but the man runs away scared, and Batman doesn't even think to comfort him. At the end, it's Batman saving children from wreckage, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's beautiful because it is something that I think people for have forgot about Batman. I don't think we've ever seen that in the movies of Batman is just Batman being a hero, and more importantly than even Batman, I don't think we've seen in superhero movies general period people saving people. That's been totally forgotten in these movies. Yeah, recently. yeah. Because um, we're all talking, and I, I we, like, we are all we like this stuff. But like, the fact is, is well, I want to go back to like Spider Man No Way Home, right? It's a fun movie, but mm-hmm. not once. And it's a movie about how Spider Man is like, I want to be responsible. Like, I, he's like, I'm responsible. I can help people. He saves one person in the whole movie, and it's the person he wants to help him get into MIT. Now, I, I know the argument could be, he's trying to save the villains too, but okay, but where is the, like, allure of, like, watching this and being like, that is a hero to everyone? Yeah, yeah. And this movie gets that, and it's in Gotham City, which, of course, is, like, the most despairing place ever. I don't know, I, I'm, just, I'm just gushing. I really like those last ten mm-hmm. minutes minus one scene. Yeah. Yeah. Which, of course, is the Joker scene. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> um I want I want to gush about the um the car chase scene. <laughs> yeah, that's great too. <laughs> Especially I, in Dolby. Yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I saw it in at in Dolby Atmos. I did not get Dolby Vision, but 
I'll tell you what, the sound, the sound, (laughs) I've been in big vehicles with big engines with, you know, with that type of sound going on and like all the gears shifting and everything. It had it, the, the sound was orchestrated so well that it felt like you were actually in the car. I, I, and I know this sounds weird because there are points where the camera is in the car with uh, Batman. No, but but it if, felt if like list, you were if, in the you were in the actual car and you were hearing it move. You were and feeling it. You were feeling it. I was, yeah, I was feeling it. And yeah. be and like just the rumble and just how menacing. Felicia talked about how menacing that vehicle sounded. And I'm like, and it was just a souped up muscle car, you know, of course, like he put it, he's got however much money and he put as much money as he could into it, I assume. And, you know, but, uh, but yeah, no, that thing, it sounds, sounds fierce and just how it shifted between gears. I'm like, yeah, this is spot on. And we actually like feel for once in a car chase, like we are in the vehicles and of course it had music over playing like playing with it but the music was just kind of there as an accent and it was just really the rumble of the vehicles you know on that road that yeah were just it was every steering that's a fantastic pun intended sequence. yes it is yeah um, i also want to and it leads me to talk about another thing i want to talk about which is um well i kind of allude to this uh i think my the performances I was expecting from this movie are not the ones I like aren't the ones I was expecting to like, mm-hmm. and the big one of those is a. Uh, I am of the opinion that before this movie came out, and I think this is a reasonable opinion to have, and I still kind of have it, is that if you're going to cast Colin Farrell and cake him in so much makeup, you should just cast someone else. That said, <laughs> he is fantastic as the penguin. yes he is yeah yeah uh, he's really like a highlight of this movie. Mm-hmm. He's one of the few people in the movie that get to be actually funny. But he still has a menace to him. Well, not really a menace, but he's like a fun type of pathetic villain. Um, but you you know that like when given the opportunity, he would stab someone in in the back. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I thought he was fin, and like he's one of the main reasons this car chase also works is just his reactions for the whole thing is just like fantastic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I yeah, my big disappointment with the movie honestly would be Paul Dano. Um, who I like, uh, but if you've seen the movie Prisoners, which I don't know if you have, I haven't. He gives pretty much the same performance there, mm. uh, and also it just kind of feels like I feel like, and this is true for every movie. I think Heath Ledger's Joker casts such a long shadow on the superhero genre. Yeah, that watching the I think Paul Dano just made me think like, oh, he's just doing his version of Joker Ledger's Joker. Um, I think he's fun. I also think, though, Riddler has surprisingly less to do in this story than, say, Falcone does. Uh, so Yeah, um, I will say, like, they gave, like, Falcone his, his time, and Riddler had, like, his moments in there where they were, like, very clear, like, Batman is dealing with multiple things at one time. Which is what he does in the comics. It's it's I mean like 
he's not dealing with oh who where's the next bad guy you know it's it's yeah. multiple threats at one time um which i think is something that's in the arkham the acclaimed arkham games as well um yeah that's what this really sorry yeah. I, I, that's what this reminded me of the most of was the arkham games yeah it uh, this this makes me definitely want a batman beyond i like and i think i think they can they can do it um because and i think with batman beyond you've you've definitely got to capture you still have to capture the essence of batman and the essence of legacy but you also need to capture that cyberpunk setting and i i think they could they could do it um yeah after after this but uh to get back on on track um i like zoe kravitz's catwoman fantastic was fantastic Fantastic part of the movie yes yes it was absolutely fantastic really really great i also love um gordon i love jeffrey yes jeffrey wright Uh, is gordon and the fact that gordon and batman actually work together in this film hey man he just says hey man yeah (laughs) i love that i love this gordon just calling him man i i i love i love loved it and you know like gary oldman as as gordon he he was good he served the gordon for that for that underrated part of the dark Knight yeah yeah probably that's i think him is him i think the biggest issue that dark Knight rises a movie that has a ton of issues is getting rid of gordon to focus on the robin character yeah um because gordon is such a pivotal part of those first two movies and then he's barely in the last one uh so yeah uh, I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine also about the Batman where they pointed out that even though Gordon is in it a lot, mm-hmm. and I kind of agree, he doesn't do much. He, but he's such a good presence. That said, though, that my friend then said afterwards, uh, do you think this is a, one of the least uses of Gordon since the Burden movies? And I was like, no, because Gordon has only really been used in three Batman movies, and that's Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and now this. Uh Gordon really doesn't have a role in any of the other ones other than just popping up. Yeah. Uh, I also just think Jeffrey Wright has so much charisma. Mm-hmm. That, like, I love him as Gordon. I, I think, see more of him as I Gordon. Think, I think in this one, he is he knows that like he's at his wits. When he calls on Batman, it's for a case that he knows he can't get stuff done with mm-hmm. his side of the law so of course and it's a batman film so of course he's not going to be doing as much but he is still helping batman and giving him leads you know and like stuff that wouldn't have for sake of uh like not having the right words uh for sake of clarity just to move like for moving the plot plot along you know um I want to say uh, another thing before we wrap up because I don't know where we are on time. Um, yeah, we'll wrap up soon. But I, wanna, I do want to pop back to Zoe Kravitz because I did kind of gloss over her. And I okay, yeah, that. yeah. If you want yeah, to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop I back. mean, like, I don't think like because I was like, yeah, she's good, but also Gordon. But like, that's really underselling how good Zoe Kravitz is here. Yeah, this feels like uh, she's someone who's always popped up in movies for a while. This finally feels like an actual star-making role. Yes, uh, she's fantastic, and I also th- I keep saying that word fantastic. I think the entire cast here is really great, um, with the exception of. Paul Dano, who's just good, 
And then Barry Keoghan, who should not be in this movie. Uh, <laughs> I I really I thought that he was. I thought he was Two Face at first. It would that would have been. And, I was more down for that. And I was I was like you know, I could see a a Two Face that is already in jail. And maybe he, maybe he was a villain running around the same time when uh, he was just a gangster running around with um, who's the major crime boss that they Mulroney, um, oh, Mulroney, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe he was just running around with Mulroney, and he happened to like something happened where he, you know, uh, since we we didn't we we started in the we didn't get the original back you know the like a origin story which i want to mention something on that um but uh but yeah like maybe maybe he's in prison and he's just been there and he's just going crazy talking to himself then now he's got the riddler to talk to um and that's how we'll get baby yeah and that's how we'll get that and then it turned out that he was the joker and i'm like you know, to have Barry Keon as him, I think it's a great actor choice. I don't think you need the Joker right now. One. And two, I would almost rather see Barry Keon play a Two-Face. You know? I also just... I, yeah. Well, to me, I also... I, th- I would be okay with Two-Face. My thing is just, I think this film is at its best... Well, actually, let me rephrase. I think this film is at its worst when it is directly making me recall the Nolan films. Yeah. Uh, which happens more than a few times, uh, but then it's distinct enough that I don't fall there always. Yeah. Um. So, to me, the idea of setting this up... And Matt Reeves has interviewed, and he's like, oh, I don't think I'm going to use him for the sequel. This was just trying to build out Gotham. And I'm like, okay, well, then I would have cut this scene because where you have it, it feels like a sequel hook. Mm-hmm. And... The last thing I really I I don't think the Joker should be a main villain in any of these because I think we're a little jokered out. Yeah. And the next person to I think in this world, any Joker, I'm just gonna have to compare it to Heath Ledger. Not the, even like not to defend Jared Leto's Joker because he's terrible, but yeah. Jared Leto's Joker not once reminded me of Ledger because it's such a different interpretation. Mm-hmm. This world and that preview just felt like we're trying to do Ledger again. And I I, I think you need to radically redo the Joker, if you're gonna next time you do it, yeah. a good Batman movie. I um, I think that the kid that um, Batman saves in in this film, um, not yes, the mayor's son. I think the mayor's son. I think that Batman eventually needs to take him. Like something happens to the mom, and he needs to take the kid under his under his wing and that's going to be robin and then yeah, I and, agree. We, and need we need an actual like young robin and robin's going off and doing things on his own because that's the only example that batman actually gives him and batman having robin would make batman have to be bruce wayne a lot more. And it would make him have for, to step into his role as Bruce Wayne rather than just sit back as the recluse, you know, which yeah, we kind of returned to at the end of this one. For what it's worth, Pattinson has said 
he really does want to do Robin. He just has said it needs to be a kid, which yeah. I agree with as well. Um, having rewatched Batman Forever, <laughs> where he looks older than me, even though he was younger than me at the time of shooting, but he looks older than me. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think ultimately the Batman, even if it's not like a perfect movie to me, it didn't need to be. It just needed to take Batman back to a level where I can be excited for yes. him again. Yeah. Uh, and I really do think, because even though I mentioned it, I it cannot be stressed how great Pattinson acts, looks, and behaves as Batman. Mm-hmm. Like he literally just feels like I'm watching Batman. Yes, like, yeah. Uh, uh, his chin and the eyes. I think also the costume is just like this is probably the best bat suit we've seen on the. Oh my yet. gosh! So, yes, like how how expressive it can be. Like you can see his eyes through it all the time. It's never a distraction, like, of how the cow looks natural, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah. It, and I also think, I do want to mention this before we wrap up. I think one of the coolest things about this movie is how it, there's been a talking point on Twitter, I feel like, for the last four or five years, where people be like, you know what's weird about Batman is, like, he's this billionaire who just beats up people and doesn't actually try to make systematic change. I'm like, well, that's what this entire movie is actually about. And, like, t- talking about how, like, yeah, you're an orphan, but you're a rich orphan. I like that's interrogating the idea of Batman. Yeah. And it's saying, is this idea outdated? Because these villains in the movie are saying it's outdated. And I actually think the movie itself kind of comes on the now. No, th- Bruce Wayne is a lunatic. <laughs> like, I think that is where the movie ultimately lands on it. Yeah. Uh, he's a he's a lunatic who's trying to do good, but he probably just needs to go to therapy. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh- I I think to to finish my uh, Robin thought because I was gonna yeah, tie it sorry, in with yeah, yeah. with Joker, I think it has to be a kid. I think we eventually we eventually get to, get Robin to a point of where uh, he's older, and then you can have Joker. We could have Joker kill Robin like in the comics, and that's not been done. It's been foreshadowed in the Batfleck films, but I think to that would have I'm curious that would give I think that's gonna give this Batman a really good character arc. Um and I'm just curious when we'll be able to even get that in. And the reason I say that is I think Reeves only really wants to do a trilogy. Mm -hmm. I think Pattinson only really wants to do a trilogy. Um, and well, I would like that down the road, but I don't want him to try to rush it in two movies. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I would like to see Robin in the next one. I said, said on our main podcast, I'd like to see Michael Stuhlberg as Mr. Freeze in the next one. That would be my dream choice. For right. <laughs> Mr. Freeze needs to be done right. And I would trust Matt Reeves to do it. Um, but Yeah. Um, there's one last thing we definitely need to talk about this movie, unless you have something else you want to talk about, unless it's the um, same thing. Uh, I want to talk about the score and I want to yes, talk about, that was what I was gonna... okay. So before <laughs> we talk about this, before we talk about the score, um, cause I feel like that's a big finale for both of us. Um, <laughs> so I really, <laughs> <laughs> I really like that we didn't have to watch Martha and Thomas Wayne get shot in an alley for the yes. eighth time 
but we still managed to make the whole dang film be about Thomas and Martha. You know, yeah. like, and this is totally it's a, it's it's about legacy, and um, that's what that's the theme running in this film, and I think that it's it is so clever to address address the elephant in the room without without showing us everyone was so bent before was so bent on we have to show this we have to show this because that's the only way people are going to get it where this film does not try to be smarter than it has to be it does not try to be anything grandiose and it like and i think that is that it speaks to its achievement of reaching that real to life as you can get Batman. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think as real to life as you can get while still keeping it in a heavily stylized world. Yeah. Because I don't think anything about this movie feels real in a good way. Um, all right, before we talk about the score, I want to do a quick rundown of three things I did forget to talk about, but I'll do it really quick. Okay. Well, first off, it's a reply to you. I really like the opening of the movie where it's a bait and switch where you think you're going to watch the Waynes get murdered, but then it turns out it's the Riddler murdering the mayor. That was yep. really clever. Yeah. Uh, we I mentioned him briefly, but I actually think John Turturro is the best villain in this movie. Uh, he does a really phenomenal job as Falcone. I think the most disturbing scene in the movie has nothing to do with the Riddler. It's the audio of that woman screaming uh, while Falcone's threatening her. I think that's terrifying, especially in Dolby sound. Mm. Uh and then the last thing I wanted to mention uh, is my favorite moment of the movie. It's a comedic moment that does not feel out of place. It's Batman eating shit. <laughs> it is Batman jumping off using the flight suit for the first time and not nailing the landing, limping away, and it's never brought up again. Loved it. Ooh, really yeah. great moment. Because uh, it's both treated, it's both funny, but it's not really treated like a joke. It's just mm-hmm. Batman's kind of embarrassed by it, so we never hear about it yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I, I love it. I love it. Um, all right. Those are my three things. Uh, all right. So no. now we're here for the finale, the score. Michael uh, Giacchino, my nemesis. I, <laughs> I, when his name popped up uh, on the credits at the beginning of the film, I was it at the beginning? I don't. I don't, in the, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. The movie is actually. It does. It doesn't. Right. It opens with the Warner Bros. logo, the DC logo, the Batman, and then the movie just. Starts. Yeah. It oh. Like it's it very. It quick. opens. <laughs> it's it's very much like a comic book. Like you're reading. Like yeah. You it's boom boom boom. Here's this. Here's this image. Boom. Now we're into the story. Um, I really like really like what it did there. Um. No, I think it was I saw it on IMDb. Um yeah. and I was like, "Oh, I forgot that he's doing this." Well, at least the story is okay. <laughs> you know, at least we'll have the story yeah. to look forward to. No, Giacchino just knocked, he brought it. <laughs> yeah, he brought it. And this is where he's been saving everything was for this movie, I guess. Um, it's kind of like uh, Hans Zimmer with Dune last year. Like the last few Hans Zimmer scores have been terrible, but yeah. the Dune score is really good. That's I've, how, that's I'm I'm good. actually seeing Dune this Saturday, so oh nice, yeah, cool. Um, hopefully, you like it more than me. <laughs> but, like uh, it's shot by the same person, you know, the same cinematographer did Dune and Batman. Mm. I actually like how Batman looks more. Mm, um, gotcha, but, gotcha. Yeah. I like I like how the score 
it incorporates the sound like the soundtrack as well um and it feels yeah it feels like the ave maria it feels like uh something in the way by nirvana and there's another (laughs) song in there um it feels like those songs are part of the score and it never seems like there's a a an audible stop in between those they all flow right into enough into another and i think that is just one of i love i love this is what part of the reason why i love pink floyd albums so much is when you listen especially on vinyl when you listen to like the wall for example um on vinyl it's each side of that vinyl is a story all in its own and all of the songs blend right into the next song so unless like unless you are familiar with the music and you know okay we're switching into a different song you know um then there are some times where it can just pass as it's like oh is this just one big song and just one part of one big story and i think that that's what that's what Giacchino Chino did. Oh my gosh, I can't say his name. Giacchino yeah, okay. did with the, his score on this movie is it all it's all part of the story part of the story. It never once pulls you out of the story. It hits with the beats of the film. It uh matches the vision of the film. It enhances the scenes. And it's a character all on its own and it's it all flows together and yeah. isn't just random also, like, stuff thrown in. I had missed, and he could definitely bring his MCU scores. Hopefully, I had missed having score movie mo- superhero movie scores where each character actually has a theme of their own. Yes, because Catwoman had a very defined theme, Riddler had a very defined theme, and of course, boom, 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 boom. Bam! The Batman had a theme. It sounded so good. Uh, and yeah, like... It, it reminds me of a... It reminded me... The Batman theme in particular reminded me of the animated series from the 90s. Um, even though it actually doesn't sound anything like it. Yeah. It just gave me that vibe. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I was very impressed with Guillotine here. This is probably his best non-Pixar score, actually, since the Planet of the Apes movies. Um and actually, that's kind of funny, me giving it that classification when the only good Planet of the Apes score since then has been... I mean, Gicino's score since then has been uh, Coco. So, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Giacchino, good stuff. Yeah, good job. Matt Reeves, good job. We can't wait for the Batman 2. I don't think I'll watch this Penguin show that they're talking about. What? No. It's a prequel show. It's a prequel. But that's the thing to me that's such a bummer. It's because, like, I'm here I'm praising this because it's, like, a standalone thing. Yeah. And it's like, well, actually, we're doing a show set telling you how the penguin rose to power. And I'm just like, no, in a good world, you wouldn't give me that. You would find a way to write it into your sequel where yeah. the penguin is the main bad guy. Exactly. Because I, I think this sets up a great sequel with the penguin as the main villain. Yeah. And then we can have some crazy people running around, like Mr. Freeze being used by the penguin maybe or something like that you know what See, i mean yeah and that's that's the thing that i i liked about this one is we've not had the riddler since the 1990s was it and, the, the, and it was jim, jim carrey, carrey. Was barely exactly it was jim carrey 
and it in spandex um and so it's very 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 separate and we're not we're not just retreading which is why i'm also kind of like why joker now yeah when we've had how many iterations of joker and of course you could say that about batman my opinion is that we shouldn't have got the the nolan batman uh films although those are he all nolan said those films are their own thing uh i just feel like with dc they tried to rush to get to be at marvel's point that marvel was at which marvel was already in like phase three of well stuff. i think and it's, it's i don't like, think you should blame that on nolan you should blame that on the fact oh that no get a superman movie together like they well that to yeah that superman too movie. but i think like they've burned us out on these legacy legacy dc characters so much um that i think we should have had this breath you know um between them and then to get to get them back um my point there though would be that the issue isn't sorry i want to defend i'm not going to spend nolan too much yeah but i think the actual issue there is not nolan the issue is is following up man of steel which in my opinion is i think man of steel is a very solid start to a superman oh yeah i do too yeah Uh, and if you want to make it a, a universe fine bring in wonder woman bring in aquaman bring in flash leave batman on ice for a bit yeah yeah like you can come up with a great and then that's pretty much what they're doing now anyway with this being separate like mm-hmm. we don't need a batman in the main dc universe if we don't want him i i understand that might be like some dc fan that might be like no we do i think there are other heroes you can use in his place and i think i think to me the nolan movies are beside despite the dark knight rises they are undeniably some of the most influential movies in the genre yeah uh, and there i think batman begins and the dark knight are better than this personally like i, I think they're great films i'm they, i i do want to be clear i'm not bashing the nolan the nolan films and like nolan made clear that his films are separate they're in their own yeah secluded you know uh storyline like we're never so, going to see a batman movie that uses the multiverse that brings him bail like right, maybe they right i mean well, they are bringing back keaton but like maybe they'd bring back keaton and even clooney or and have reeves and excuse me pattinson and affleck meet but we would never see the bail one coming no no bail would never let like bail would agree with nolan like no this is his own thing we can't we can't mess with that. Yeah. Now, Joseph Gordon-Levitt maybe be like, "Yeah, I'll take a paycheck," but like, you're not going to see bail and any of that stuff, right? Uh, and yeah, that's why I was like, going back to what you said. That's why I feel like a follow-up of like Penguin as the main villain, and we don't need a TV show about it, even though we're getting no. It. But Penguin as main villain and Mister Freeze is like because Mister Freeze is a sympathetic character. Actually, mm-hmm. we yeah. do need to redo Mister Freeze. I think we also need to redo Poison Ivy, but I think Poison Ivy shouldn't be involved here. I think she should be used of harley quinn in the main dc movies um mm. that's a dynamic that's been used a lot recently i know gotcha but yeah that's my that's my hope for the sequel michael stuhlberg is mr freeze colin farrell as the penguin it's all we need for the villains um and you can bring back catwoman and gordon of course as well by the way to bring catwoman back. i i think you uh you close it out by i think barry have barry keon be uh two-face what oh yeah 
But I, just, I, I keep saying Joker baby. Oh, That's all. I hit Barry Keon B Two Face, and then your your third film is I don't know. I was gonna say a Two Face, a Two Face Riddler. Yeah, you got to build in Robin. So I they've already got the kid in there. So have I don't know how how many years you have uh, the sequel take place after the Batman. You know. But I don't know. I think we've we've probably I talked over Reeves. our time. I do too. Yeah, I trust yeah. Matt Reeves. Yeah. We'll, see what, we'll see what we get. Yeah, and it and it's it's like with this one they they took their time with it. I mean, also COVID played into that. Um, yeah. But but yeah, they 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 you could tell this was a work of passion for the for the director for the actors. You know, like. It was just with how well it was constructed and constructed, and it wasn't just cardboard slapped together with duct tape, which is sometimes how the Batfleck feels. But um, the Batfleck, the the Batfleck that that's uh, that's another film. But um, boom, 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 boom. All right, boom, boom, uh, boom, boom. Yeah, boom. that is our discussion on the Batman. Yeah, yeah. So. Next time we'll be in the green room. I don't know when we'll record it, but I'm going to California to see Turning Red, so we will definitely cover that here. And I'm going always... to my living room because Disney hates Bob movie Chapek. theaters for Pixar. Bob Chapek hates. Bob Chapek hates Pixar <laughs> movies being in the movie theater. So Bob Chapek hates everything. Seeing two uh, is still playing at my movie theater. <laughs> Kids need stuff to see. I I don't. And I'm like. Anyways, okay, that's another uh, discussion. <laughs> yeah, we'd like yep. to thank our editor Rishab Chalab for editing this episode. So thank you, Rishab. Yeah. All right. We will see you whenever we do another one. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. We'll catch you in the next one. <laughs> <laughs>